Okay, hello, hi everyone, welcome back to Culture Bucket, uh, after a short break we're back with you with a very special episode, episode number 37, yeah, Yeah. yeah. another one of our deep dive spoiler filled reviews of a film, uh, this week it is Sound of Metal and here to discuss it with me is my co-host Alex, hi Alex, hi George, hi everyone, I missed you George. It's been ages. Yeah, I missed you too. It's been a manic few weeks. Yeah. But it's good to be back. It definitely <laughs> is. Yeah. And I'm very happy. I've, I forgot your face. It's a beautiful, oh. beautiful face. Thank you. How are you? I'm not bad. <clears throat> I'm quite tired. It's been, it has been pretty busy, but um, I'm ready to roll. I'm freshly vaccinated against um, global virus things so uh yeah i'm good <laughs> good fantastic yeah 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 um yeah. i'm vaccinated so, too oh, that's good oh life is good Uh-oh. so today we're going to be discussing sound of metal mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Um, why did we choose this film to discuss, Alex? Oh, I have no idea. I think you told me to watch <laughs> it. I think it was not in the cards uh, during award season. I think it was, you know, kind of uh, an award-winning, an award-nominated film. But I didn't know anything it about was, it yeah. until you were like, watch Sound of Metal. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, so it's a film that came out and had a lot of buzz around it and was nominated for a variety of awards, including, I think, six Oscars. And it mm. won two Oscars. It won Best Film Editing and Best Sound Design, I think that award's called now. Mm. Um, but was also nominated for an acting nod towards Riz Ahmed. Uh, and also, I think it was nominated for Best Picture and a couple of other things. So, yeah, it seemed like quite a big film. And then key for us is it is streaming on Amazon Prime as an Amazon original film. So makes it something that we can both watch, which is great. Yeah. Unlike some of the other big award season movies, like Quick Culture Catch-Up, I saw The Father yesterday. Ah, oh, the one with uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yes, the one with Sir Anthony Hopkins, uh, who uh, took home the Best Actor Award for that film. That did movie's he deserve, amazing. Did he deserve? Oh yeah, the he best did. Acting. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's it's uh, it's it's crazy, and he's on screen for like the entire film, pretty much, and he really does like but take so you on a journey. Who was nominated? So <clears throat> there was uh, Anthony. It was Anthony uh, Chadwick. Chadwick. Very, you know, sad, bittersweet uh, awards there. Uh, I think Riz Ahmed. Mm. Um, and let me try and remember who else. Or let me look up who else and then I'll tell you. 
Uh, Riz Ahmed in this film, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Gary Oldman in Mank, and Stephen Yoon in Minari. <clears throat> okay. So... Um, and you've seen three of the films? Uh, two? No, actually, I've seen two of them. I've seen Sound okay. of Metal and The Father. Mm. So you think that so, um, Anthony Hopkins' performance was better than um, Riz Ahmed's? Uh, I don't know. That's the that's the problem with like the Oscars and things like this. Is like rather than looking at it as like a competition necessarily and saying who was better than who else, I think that. Oh, Anthony Hopkins so is twenty fifteen of me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know because you're right. It is a competition, isn't it? And they are competing for the award, but like ultimately, Everybody's like they probably all are deserving of being given the Oscar. But like Anthony Hopkins, definitely, like it's probably about as good as he's ever been in his career, and he is one of our mm. best living actors. It would have been really nice if uh, Chadwick Boseman could have taken it home as his posthumous, you know, award and all of mm. these other things. Stephen Yoon, uh, if he'd won, he'd have been the first um, person of Korean heritage, I think, to win the award. Because I think he's one of the... Him and uh, Yoon Yoo Jung, who was also in the same film as Stephen Yoon, she won Best Supporting Actress. Okay. Um, and Good. I think that, that, that made history, uh, that win. So there's certainly, you know, it depends on how you want to argue it and discuss it in terms of whether Anthony Hopkins was the most deserving winner of the award. Mm. But he certainly... The Father is a film that people should check out. But it is quite... Heavy going. But we're not here to talk about The Father. We're here to talk about Sound of Metal. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start by going through uh, the sort of of plot summary in the movie, discussing uh, the various beats of the plot. And we're going to have a little chat about the performances, including Ariz Ahmed. And uh, finishing with our sort of thoughts, summing up how we feel about the movie overall, and then uh, any trivia we'd like to share. Good plan. Good. So let's start with the summary. So Sound of Metal is a film about, um, primarily about, it's sort of a character piece, really focusing in on a character called Ruben, played Mm. by Riz Ahmed, who is in a metal, not band, well, a metal duo called Black Gammon, Mm. um, with a singer who is also his girlfriend, Lou, played by Olivia Cooke. The movie opens with them performing a concert, uh, a metal gig, and you can immediately see that they're the sort of metal band who have like quite a dedicated following but are also quite small and not necessarily hugely hmm. um, successful. They're not Slipknot, for example. <laughs> no, they're not. But they do seem pretty good. That You only get, you only get a very small amount of their music in the movie really but uh it's definitely something that i could see myself listening to personally i'm I'm a fan of louder music and it seems quite good which is cool riz ahmed has clearly put a lot of effort into learning the drums because he's pretty well i'm not a professional drummer actually so i can't speak too much but he looks like he knows what he's doing yeah it looked professional yeah definitely yeah um, and so it shows them having this performance and then it shows them going back to the, the RV they live in, which is this kind of big classic American mobile home thing. That's all, uh, it looks really cool. Actually. It's like yeah. curved. It's not like a boxy RV. It's like all curved. Mm-hmm. It looks like a big air raid shelter on wheels kind of thing. 
Um, it's definitely, if I was going to live in an RV, it would be the one I would choose to live in, I reckon. Definitely. I think it was the most, you know, you know, we talked about Noban Land the last time and she had like this tiny van, but I think I definitely would live in that <coughs> RV. Yeah, that's rather, true, actually. Her yeah. her van is nothing compared to the uh, no. the RV from Sound of Metal, no. I think. She that looked like a, a much tiny apartment, life. which is like, yeah, definitely live there. Yeah, like this RV, there's room in it to set up a drum kit, so it's definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty big. And a mixing table. Yep, 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 a mixing table, a drum kit, a whole load of things. And then it so it shows them doing that, and then it shows them waking up in the morning, and it shows their morning routine. And this is where the sound editing starts to like really come into the film, I think, because... You really hear all of the elements around Ruben as he makes the breakfast. He's sort of the, the drip of the coffee percolator, yeah. the whir of the of the blender that he makes the smoothie in, mm. and all these noises around him uh, as he goes about getting ready for his day, and then makes breakfast for him and his uh, girlfriend Lou. And then they go and they play another concert, and the movie very quickly kind of jumps into the meat of what the film's going to be about because during this concert, he starts to uh, lose mm. his hearing. Is it during yeah. the concert that that's the first happens to him? I think it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, and he starts to lose his hearing and then he yeah. wakes up the next morning yeah, and he's yeah. making and then you the breakfast and the again. the next morning he kind of realises that it's uh, kind of uh, more... It, yeah, he can't hear the dripping of the coffee pot or the, the whirring of the smoothie maker and all these things. Yeah. So he goes to a pharmacist and this scene made me feel physically tense like i had a physical reaction to this scene mm. where he's in the pharmacy and it, it you start the this thing that the movie does a lot of like it will show when the camera is kind of close in on him you're seeing the world around him from his perspective and it, you're hearing what he is hearing so in this scene yeah. you can see that this pharmacist is on the phone but you can't hear anything that's being said to him yeah and then it cuts to a wider shot and the sound returns to kind of what we would consider normal. Mm. And you can hear that the pharmacist is saying, no, he can't even hear what I'm saying now and et cetera. And he sends him to this doctor. And have you ever had any sort of run-ins with hearing issues, Alex? <laughs> yeah, I have. Do you remember? <laughs> remember I went deaf I... from one ear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Japan, uh, I I had a really bad ear infection and I went deaf for maybe a month or so or two, like quite a long time because I had to take uh, lots of um, stuff. And it's it's like just not having hearing from one ear is pretty chaotic and terrible because you can't you like one ear is compensating and so you hear everything really loudly. And it's very confusing yeah. and it's horrible. Have you ever been deaf? Yeah. So in like, I think it was probably 2017. I can't remember why, but I, oh, I was getting, so I started getting, because I go to a lot of concerts and gigs and, yeah. you know, loud places similar to Ruben, I suppose, but not not professionally in the same way. Mm. And um, I was starting to get quite worried about, I was, Going to concerts and then the next morning I'd wake up and have a ringing in my ears, ah, you know, yeah. like uh, well, tinnitus mm. essentially, and started getting more and more nervous because obviously once, once you get tinnitus kind of and it's there fully, it it, it can't it really goes. be healed. It doesn't go away. It's, yeah. it's sort of a permanent condition. Yeah. So I was getting quite nervous about that. So I started deciding I should go to concerts with earplugs in, and I had two, you know, these deaf sound reducing ones that like are supposed mm. to 
you can still hear the concert, but it's just not quite as loud and it won't damage your hearing yeah. in, in maybe the same way it normally would. So I had two big concerts coming up. I was seeing Green Day, and then I think the next day or a couple of days later, I was seeing Radiohead, two bands that I, I like quite a lot. Mm. And I was like, they're going to be quite loud, especially the Green Day one. So I want to prepare myself. So I ordered some ear... This is about two weeks before the gigs. I ordered some uh, noise redu- reduction earplugs off Amazon. And I put them in to test them out. And when I took them out, I couldn't hear anything. And I panicked completely. And I think what happened was that I had um, a buildup of something wax probably in my ear. And putting these earplugs in had like compressed it oh right God. into my eardrum. Wow. And it made me not completely deaf, but it it deafened me, particularly in one ear, but in both ears to a degree, um, for like a good a good week and a bit. And I panicked completely because I was like, oh, well, now I'm going to go to this concert and I can't hear anything. This is the opposite result <laughs> of what I wanted to achieve. <laughs> so I, I went, I sort of got these eardrops and I kept putting drops in my ears and I was probably fiddling with them way too much because I was panicking and panicking. And um, I made an appointment to have my ear syringed, and um, which is where they kind of flush it with with uh, water, I think, uh, to try and remove any blockages. But you have to have dampened all of the stuff in there for a while beforehand. So I'd been like putting these drops in every 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 single day, and my ears hadn't been getting any better, mm-hmm. or they'd suddenly clear, and I'd and it'd be brilliant, and a minute later it would block up again, and mm-hmm. it was really horrible experience. It really put me on edge. And eventually I went for this ear syringing and I was like, oh, the right ear, I can't hear anything from it at all. That's the one that definitely is doing. And she looked in it and she said, oh, no, I can't see anything at all in there. There's no blockage at all. And I was like, well, I I don't, I can't. And I was, I was almost on the edge of crying. And then she syringed it and it did clear up completely. So there obviously was something, but maybe it was compacted so deep in that she couldn't see it. Yeah. Um, Awful business. Uh, and since then, I mean, that experience was horrible. And since then, I've been like really the thought of losing my hearing mm. or getting kind of permanent tinnitus and knowing what the effects of that can be have really, really kind of, it's something I'm really scared of. Mm. So this film definitely, I found it quite intense at times and mm. quite like, scary to watch and the, particularly this opening scene where he's sort of starting to realise what's happened to him and he's starting to deal with it and then so he leaves the pharmacist and he goes to see this doctor yeah. where he has a hearing test done and the doctor comes back to him and says uh, basically you're hearing, t- what does he say, 29% of everything that he's, is being said yeah. to him sort of thing, like he's yeah, got really quite low. severe hearing loss at this point and the doctor yeah. tries to make him realise this isn't going to come back, this is this is how your hearing is now. And the thing you need to do is re- <laughs> protect what you've got left. Yeah. And so stay in a what quiet does he, place. Yeah. So what does he immediately do? Yeah. He, he does a concert, like a really loud one. And yeah. And at the concert, his earring, hearing completely gets busted. Yeah. Like, the effect is like immediate in yeah. terms of like Yeah, because he, he cause the doctor says like to him suffers. that he has to be in a quiet room <clears throat> and instead he goes to like this like tiny gig space playing metal music and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna help. He even has the earphones in. So yeah. you know, but 
in the first scene though he hasn't got earphones i'm like you need to wear earphones because you know drama friends i have you know it's it's a necessity and he probably has them but he's never worn them so it doesn't really explain that but it's um it's part of the film well he probably just kind of i yeah it's not explained specifically but i imagine because it's a bit like when i have worn these earplugs to concerts i'm always like it's just not as good as just hearing it so he's probably just like that and hasn't has been a bit immature about it in the past yeah. maybe is the impression I get of the character because he very much just doesn't want to I think it's a matter of him immediately not wanting not being able to accept this idea that because to most people it would be quite a severe impact on their life but to him it would require a complete change, yeah, change. in his life yeah, to, to totally. live with this yeah so he doesn't want to accept it immediately. Mm. So he goes to play this concert. It destroys the rest of his hearing. He storms out. He has to tell uh, his girlfriend everything, and she immediately says um, she doesn't want to, you know, they can't perform anymore. She rings yeah. and find out that he's an, he's an addict. She rings his Narcotics Anonymous sponsor who finds him a uh, place at a house for deaf recovering addicts run by this guy called... Joe. Joe. Yeah. Who is um, an alcoholic who lost his hearing in the Vietnam War and now runs this place to help people who have lost their hearing kind of uh, accept it and learn to live with it. And very much sees it as not being a handicap or a disability, but just as a thing to live with and understand. Absolutely. And... um, sort of explains this to Ruben, who ends up staying there. Um, and then that's kind of, this is sort of, once he gets to this community, and Lou has to leave, Lou's not allowed yeah, to stay. Lou, so Lou she leaves doesn't. the movie at this point. Yeah. Um, and, I well, we'll come to this in trivia, but they filmed, they, they filmed the movie entirely chronologically. So yeah. the actress herself left the set at this point, pretty much. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, yeah. And, yeah, the bulk of the film and, and takes they, place. They, they really, they really depend on each other these two like yeah her oh, just yeah. leaving is not anything like no uh, you know it's not just like okay she's gonna leave they they are, they are codependent on each other and so yes when she leaves is it's heartbreaking yeah for both of them because yeah i think yeah they're just they're supposed they want they need to be together it's not a want it's a need yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, <clears throat> and and Luke pretty... clearly has got many issues. Not not just um um, Ruben. Well, from from the beginning of the film, you know that maybe um she has had some mental health issues uh, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That mm. he that you know, she has found support in Ruben in the yeah. same way that he's found support in her, and they yeah, yeah like you say, they are codependent. Um. So then, yeah, so this is sort of the bulk of the film, isn't it? When he's living in this sort of place. Yeah. And I think, I think in this section, most of the actors other than Riz Ahmed are people from the deaf community, is my understanding. Um, The guy who plays Joe isn't deaf, but he's a child of deaf people. I think both his parents were deaf. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And it is true that he was in, in the Vietnam War and stuff like that. So he kind of, you can... He's not a very he's not a famous actor. I didn't necessarily recognize him from anything. No. But he's but definitely he really incredible. 
Yeah, because really... he kind of you can tell that when he's talk when what he's talking about, he completely believes in. Yeah. Um. One thing we should mention is when the doctor was talking to him, they mentioned that it's possible to get cochlear implants. Mm. Uh, to kind of get around hearing loss, uh, but it's a big surgery that's very expensive. It costs forty thousand to eighty thousand dollars, and the doctor tells him that it's not covered by insurance. But this mm. is sort of one of the things that when he's at this uh, retreat, Ruben is sort of hanging on to this idea that he can get this surgery and it will it will fix his hearing and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and he'll be able to get back to Willu and back to their normal lives. So I think that's his goal at the end. Yeah. Like that, uh, when he's at this retreat, his goal is to go back to his life on the road with Lou because, yeah. you know, and he thinks that that is the solution or the what makes him happy. Yeah. And, would, and while what, he's would there... Make her happy as well. Yes. Yeah, that's quite key, isn't it? That he thinks, that it'll, you know, that's what will make the pair of them happy is to be reunited and, and do what they were doing again. Yeah. And um, so while he's at this place, you can tell at the start, you know, he's having dinner. They're all talking very fluently uh, in ASL, American Sign Language, and he doesn't know it. And he kind mm. of, you can tell he's quite frustrated. Yeah. And he's struggling to accept it and fit in. And then, you know, of course, as it goes on, he's introduced to a teacher and her class, a teacher mm. who uh, who is deaf, and she teaches a class of deaf children. And he starts to kind of bond with them and work with them. And you see him going to lessons to learn American Sign Language and you see him getting better at that. And very gradually, um, without really it, there being a clear turning point, he starts to uh, fit in, accept mm. his place there yeah. and be a productive part of the community. There's a great scene where he's trying to fix the roof and Joe comes to him and takes him away and says, you don't need to fix anything. Like, there's nothing here for you to fix. This is a place for you to kind of not fix yourself necessarily, but to be able to accept your, yourself yeah. and, and work towards like um, being happier with yourself. You don't mm. need to fix other things. And then, so it shows him then, you know, working towards that more. There's this whole thing where he has to sit in a room and write and yeah. try and be at peace. Um, he starts to, there's a great scene where he takes one of these uh, children from the class that he's working with outside and they're sitting oh, yeah. on a slide and he starts to drum on this yeah. slide and the, the kid's drumming back to him. Mm. And then he obviously has the idea of um, teaching them to drum because that's the thing about, you know, you can still feel the vibrations and all of these things. Yeah. It's not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, then it shows him teaching them how to drum and doing drumming lessons with the children and playing with them and really kind of getting into it. And then um it's really almost heartbreaking because it feels like he's accepted it and it feels like he's found his place and he's going to be happy. Yeah. But then there's one day where he logs onto the computer in this place and he looks up their website and sees a video of Lou experimenting with her own new music mm. uh, in Paris because she's... I didn't realise it until fairly late on that she's meant to be French or that she's from France. Yeah, she's from France, but like I, I think, yeah, her parents broke up and she lived in England, in America for a very America, long time. America, yeah. So, but yeah. now she's so back she, in Paris. Yeah. And he kind of, mm. I think he has just this panic at this point that she's moving on without yeah. him and that he's going to be lost and kind of loses sight a bit of what he's mm-hmm. found himself. He'd like There could be videos on there of the things he's been doing. Like he's equally been... Yeah. Finding his way. 
but he loses sight of that completely, has a panic yeah. and starts selling everything, sells the RV, sells everything in it um, to try and make the money to have this operation. And then he goes mm. and he has this cochlear implant put in. Yeah. Uh, he returns to Joe, tells Joe what he's done and asks, there's four weeks where he has to live with it before it can be turned on. So he asks if he can carry on staying it there for the four weeks. And mm. um, one of the Joe most heartbreaking no. scenes in the film. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can tell that it breaks Joe's heart to say yeah. no, but that yeah. he has to stick to his ideals. And his ideals are that deafness is not a disability mm. and not a handicap. And, and Ruben yeah. has kind of gone against that by having this operation. And Joe asks him to leave. And it is, it yeah. is really upsetting and heartbreaking. And, and like, then, he's not really an actor, but <clears throat> he's clearly distraught by his decision. Yeah, the bit where Ruben walks away. Because with Riz Ahmed in this movie, so much of it is internal. There's, yeah. a, very, there's a handful of scenes where he really um, loses it and breaks down and, 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 and gets angry. But like in this scene and a lot yeah. of other scenes, he keeps it very, very internal. And he just yeah. says, right, okay, and walks away. Yeah. And then, But then you see that Joe is, is really heartbroken by it and he's crying. And, and it's, it, yeah, it's a touching scene. Because, ha- because you know, as a viewer, you go, Joe, let him stay. It's not going to cost you anything to let, let him stay. But yeah. he's doing the, the, the right thing to let him go. And it's just like, no. <laughs> and it's a it's, it's, it's heartbreaking scene. Yeah. And interestingly, it doesn't show us the next four weeks. It cuts no. immediately to him having his uh, implants turned on. Yeah. Uh, which, again, is a... I guess within the context of the film, we'll talk about this more in in review in the review section and yeah. stuff about what I think about this. But in the context of the film, the way the film is portraying it is is an is quite a sort of an upsetting scene in the immediacy of it of it because mm-hmm. he has this implant turned on and he immediately his face lights up because he can hear something again. But then very quickly he realizes that what he's yeah. hearing is not what he is used to as yeah. hearing. Um, and the doctor works through a few different settings on the device with him and finds the one that's closest to, um, mm. you know, what he kind of can can hear. Yeah. But again, it and you can hear presumably what it sounds like to have this implant uh, yeah. uh, activated, and it is it sounds like a real kind of bed of electronic noise, and then yeah. occasionally something recognizable will kind of rise out of it, mm-hmm. but still have this kind of electronic sound uh, mm. attached to it. Which is like she's talking to him, and you can hear the words, you can understand the words she's saying, yeah. but it's through this bed of constant kind of white noise uh, yeah. electronics, which is interesting. But he sticks with it and leaves, and heads to France to meet up with Lou, which is mm-hmm. what he's been, um, you know, which is why he's done all of this. So he goes to France and uh, goes to her house, where we find out that she is from money. Lots of money. Yeah, lots of money. We meet her dad, uh, Richard, played by a really famous um, actor. Do you know this guy? Uh, Matthew Amalric. Matthew Amalric. Uh, yeah. Most well-known to people, I think, what for playing the lead from? in the, the Diving Bell and the Butterfly, where he is um, completely paralysed and writes his uh, biography with his... Uh, I can't remember how he controls it. Now. I haven't mm. seen that film, but I know about it. 
No, I'm not seeing that one. I, I He had a familiar face. He's going to be in the French Dispatch, which is pretty exciting. Um, I, I think he's uh, been in another Wes Anderson film. Has he? Um, ah, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, yeah, that's where yes. I know him from. Um, and I think that's it that I've seen him before. I know him best as um, a Bond villain. Ah, uh, which one? One of the worst Bond films. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quantum of Solace. Okay. Uh, Daniel Craig's second film. It was a big. It was a big kind of misfire. Uh, he plays a guy, a kind of businessman who wants to control Bulgaria's water supply or something like that. It's it's not the most. Uh, Have I seen it's it? It's not the most. No. no, I don't think so. Okay, it's not the most uh, terrifying Bond plan ever. Um, but yeah, he plays Dominic Green. Uh, there's a great bit where he fights Daniel Craig with an axe. Uh, that's pretty cool, and I think Daniel Craig ends up like uh, planting the axe into his foot in a pretty gnarly way. But uh, it's not a great one. But I, I, he popped up in this movie, and I was like, oh, it's the guy from Quantum of Solace. Great. Anyway, I think he's a very, I think he's quite a famous uh, actor in France. I think he's very respected. In his uh, in his homeland, and he's you know he's he's good. So he plays Richard, uh, Lou's father. Um, uh, he Reuben turns up, and him and Lou kind of have a have a talk. Then Lou turns up, and she has cut her hair. She looks she look. I I had to check and make sure it wasn't a different actress. She looks yeah, completely she looks different when completely she returns different. to the film. It's amazing the transformation that she she made. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's it's crazy, and he's shaved his head at this point, so he looks yeah. really different as well. They look like they don't, they're not in sync anymore in the way no. they are at the start of the film. They've changed yeah. physically and you know emotionally as well, yeah. which is interesting. Um, so they kind of reconnect a bit. They clearly still love each other and care about each other. Um, she has this party. He turns up to this party, and like again, he enters this party, and it's from his perspective, and you're hearing what he's hearing, and he's yeah. just hearing this absolute kind of mayhem of noise. Yeah. Um, and and it's impossible, and it's I guess it's because your ears naturally do a, an amazing job of picking out the sounds you want to hear and ignoring the sounds you don't hear. Whereas what these yeah. implants are doing are they are just translating all of the environmental noise mm-hmm. around him and putting it into his yeah. into his head. And it's really quite intense as he walks through this party and somebody tries to have a conversation with him and he really can't hear what they're Mm. saying and he does his best. And then uh, it cuts to uh, Richard, the dad, is giving a speech and he asks uh, Lou to sing a song with him and they sing this song together. And again, you're hearing it from his perspective. And I think this is the bit of the movie where he really starts to realise um, that there's a problem when she's singing clearly this beautiful song and he can hear that she's singing, but to him it doesn't have... He can't hear yeah. the beauty of the music mm. uh, in the way that he would want to, I guess. I think after that, there's one more scene where they're together and they, you know, he says that she saved him, she says that he saved her. Mm. But he also sees, I think, that she's not, um, she's not harming herself anymore like she was earlier in the film. Yeah, and like him talking to her about going back on the road, although she doesn't say no, her body physically reacts to that and she starts um, scratching herself. And so he realises that maybe the life on the road again is not 
really something that she wants to do. And um, I think he realizes that they are not meant yeah. to carry on on the same road. It's like it's like in Friends where Richard tells Monica that he'll have a baby with her if he has to to stay with her, but she can tell he doesn't really want to have a baby with her. He just wants to stay with her. So they break up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are you quoting Friends? Because I've been watching a lot of Friends. Ah, oh, have you? Amazing. Yeah, I just watched the episode. Oh, it's so good. It yeah. is like that though, right? Where yeah, two people no, stay still absolutely. love each other, want to stay together, but um Yeah. Like I'm sure if he was a selfish man, he would say he wouldn't <clears throat> pay attention to that. But he does pay attention to that. Yeah. He makes the mature choice like Monica does and says, you know, this can't yeah. work. Or no. he doesn't say this can't work. They go to bed and in the morning he gets up early, gets yeah. all his stuff and yeah. leaves. Uh, and it's and he walks down the street. Again, it's from his perspective. The sound is yeah. everywhere. Um, and he gets and he hears this church bell ringing, and it is just this sort of dissonant, yeah. mess of noise in his ear. So he takes his implants out, and the film goes completely mm. silent. And then he looks up uh, and seems peaceful. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So that's that sound, sound of metal. That's of... the journey that uh, Ruben goes on in that film. So, what did you think of Riz Ahmed in this movie? Um, he's really, really good in this film. Uh, he's, um, I think, he's excellent. Um, I, I, I only seen him in not very many things. I saw him in Four Lions and, um, yeah, oh yeah, and but like you, you're immersed in him. You suffer for him. You get annoyed for him. Like he's really engaging and natural as an actor. Like any of his reactions or how he did things is felt really thought about and natural. I feel. I think he's great in this film. Um, really, um, believable, which. Like yeah, extremely oh yeah. believable, and the amount of work that he put to, you know, le- he learned how to play the drums, and you can see it. He learned ASL, uh, and you can see it. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. he, you, you can see that he's. Uh, you don't find out that um, Ruben is an addict until a while are into the film, um, and then. You, but you know, there's something about him that there's been a sufferance before. Like he's really studied the character and really um, portrayed this character. And you see when he's genuinely happy at one point in uh, in the center or in the house in the community, and he's um, he's established himself and he's doing his things and he, he looks genuinely happy. Um, Mm. Uh, he designs a tattoo for someone, yeah. doesn't he? And he's teaching the kids yeah. the drums, and he's like really being a productive part. And Joe offers him a job, mm-hmm. effectively, to yeah. stay there. And I just think I don't know, but it's I think I think he's great in this film. I think he's really, uh, really, really good. Did, what, what did you think of of yeah. him? Yeah, a lot of the similar things to what you said. You can tell he really mm. put a lot of effort into you know putting through a good performance. The drums, yeah. learning the drums, learning ASL, all of these things. 
Um, <clears throat> he's been brilliant and stuff before. Like you said, I watched mm. him in Four Lions. I think that was the first thing that most yeah. people saw him in, and he's he's really good in Four Lions. He's kind of that movie's yeah. a comedy, but he is the emotional center mm. of the film. There's a scene in that where he goes to see his wife uh, in hospital to say yeah. goodbye to her, and it's really heartbreaking because he's just he's so good at, at doing you know pulling off emotional moments yeah. like that. Um, he's also been, you know, he's in the, he plays the villain in Venom, the, uh, Tom Hardy comic book film. And he's like, you know, chewing the scenery in that film and stuff. So he can do, every, he can do mm. kind of, you know, big blockbuster films as well. But in this, he's really putting a lot of effort into giving an amazing performance. And he really, really does. And like I said before, I think, you know, his character is very internal, yeah. has a lot of emotion and anger mm. inside him, but doesn't let it come out of him too much you can tell particularly in that scene where he's in the pharmacy and the guys on the phone you can tell how frustrated Mm. and angry he is and how he does just want to sort of lose it a bit but he knows that he can't because it won't get him anywhere and you know it's not what he does but he you can really sense the frustration coming through and then when he's doing that hearing test and he can't get the words and just occasionally he'll just like move his head and move it will move his face and you can tell how there's so much emotion in those little movements um, he does a really good job in this film. You can definitely see why yeah. he had so many, you know, awards mm. nominations and, and things. Um, what about Olivia Cook? Uh, she was amazing as well. She was great. Uh, even even if just the hair and the and the eyebrows changed, <laughs> like she completely seemed like a different human when she's in when she was with him in the RV and when she's in Paris. Um, she's, I've, I don't think I've ever seen anything with her before. Um, and I think. Oh, she was in Ready Player One. It's a Steven Spielberg film, Ready mm. Player One. It's not very good and she's not great in it. She's better in this. I think a bit like, um, uh, Riz Ahmed. She's, she just, they had great chemistry, I think. And you could easily see that they loved each other, but they're also codependent. Like to create that kind of dynamic in 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 a couple of actors, I think it could be quite hard because it's it's a it's a mm. it's a very fine line. Um, and I think they managed it really well because although there was a lot of love, there was also a lot of like I need to be with you because something bad might happen if I'm not with you. Yeah. And they did it perfectly yeah. well. Um I think because so at one point you got I, I was thinking are they actually together? Because they didn't seem to kind of match. Yeah. But then yeah. when she had to help him, she like stepped up and I don't know, I just um I think I think I think they're both great. And when she returns to the film at the yeah. end in the final act like I said, I had to check him out. She does such a good job of portraying yeah. a different person, somebody who's changed a lot in the time that they've yeah. been apart. Because you've seen his change, you've seen everything he's yeah. been through. But off screen, she will have been through yeah. her own journey of working out how to live a- apart yeah. from him. And she seems yeah. like a different person. And it's it's a really impressive job. Uh, no, I think she's good in it. Side recommendation, there's a film called Thoroughbreds. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. So that stars her and mm. Anya Taylor-Joy, and it's a oh. very good film. Okay. So you should watch it. You should check I'm that in out. it. <laughs> yes. Yes, baby. So then we've got, um, we'll just talk about a couple more. Paul Racy, or Paul Ratchie, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, as Joe. Amazing. Again, not a professional actor necessarily. Um, apparently a musician, performs yeah. in bands that perform in American Sign Language, which is which is interesting. Um, um, 
He's really good, right? He's really yeah. he's great in it. Like uh, you would assume that he's an actor. Uh, he's great in it. He's a great person outside of being filmed. So I like him even more. You know, yeah, I think he's yeah. just, <laughs> you know, he's just a great person. So he's uh, he's a great in the film, and I think probably he's great in the film because he believed in what he was portraying. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, he's great in the movie. Like everything you said is true. He's really, really good. Um, quite similar in some ways to Nomadland in that kind of casting yeah. people who are kind of Definitely. associated with the community being depicted on screen, mm. um, which is which is great. Um, who else does Wikipedia list as being in the cast? We've got Lauren Ridloff as Diane, the teacher that um, helps Ruben to learn sign language. Yeah, I really liked her. I really liked her. Yeah. Yeah. She's not in it loads, is she? But she's great when she's in it. She seems friendly and welcoming, which is how yeah. a teacher should be. Yeah, exactly. I would like to be yeah. in her class. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's a teacher that I would happily have. Um, then we've got Matthew Almalric as yeah. Richard, the, the dad. The dad um, is a French man. <laughs> yeah. He does what he needs to do. <laughs> he does what he does. He's, he's, you know, they, they got a good guy to play a rich French man. I think, you know, he's very, very well cast. Yeah, and then and I take a issue, slight issue with Wikipedia here because the last person Wikipedia list has been in the cast, not the um lady that he bonds with and makes the tattoo for in the shelter. She doesn't get a cast listing on Wikipedia. What? But Michael Tao, who plays the pharmacist at the start of the film, he's the That's last crazy. named actor on Wikipedia. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amazing. He's good. He's perfectly good in his one scene. Yeah, but I think I think the. Uh, I want to find out who that actress is. Who who uh, the person that she's... he bonds with in the center. Yeah, because um, she's really good. I think in the shelter, like the Chelsea that... Lee. Chelsea Lee is the name of that actress. Yeah. Plays Jen. And um, there's some funny scenes with her. There's some really like fun scenes. When they're designing that tattoo together, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. 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 No, she's she's good in it, man. I think she should have uh, more recognition. Um, so yeah, so that's our casting. So let's get to our thoughts. I'll just sort of review what, what, what overall, what, how are you reviewing this? What's your thought? Um, first of all, unexpected. I was not expecting it to be like that. Um, when, when you talk about, when you think about a film about somebody going deaf, um, you imagine, uh, just because of the preconception that we have or how we've been uh, brought up with films, like more tragedy. You know, like, yeah. like, oh, I'm going deaf. But this is just, I think, the normal reaction of somebody going deaf. You would yeah. just have to deal with it because it's not a straight up tragedy. It's just like, how am I going to deal with this? And and I think I think I, I, I liked the kind of um, simplicity of it. And yeah. the 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 fact that it's so human as well, um, I I really <clears throat> like that. I th- I think it's I think it's a really amazing film. I really really enjoyed it. Um, um, the 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 humanity in it, and a bit like um, what we talked about in Nomadland. It's just this beautiful humanity where people kind of wanna. Um, help each other and not having necessarily all the information doesn't doesn't matter because we're dealing with the human that we have in front of it in front of us now 
um, for example, the four weeks where you don't see him or you, you don't know what happens. And I think, you know, um, it's, it's not it's not really a bad thing, I think. And the fact that we, we see Lou has grown without see her growing, um, mm. I think that was just how because the film is in Ruben's perspective and I think that's something that it's kind of a natural way of seeing things um the fact that it goes in chronological order um gives it a sense of um evolution you know because Mm. you can see him changing as the film goes on but because he changes um, you can see that he's getting better sign language. You can see maybe things that maybe in a film that was not made made chronologically, maybe the the changes wouldn't be so natural. I think. Yeah. And I, I yeah, it's just a really beautiful film. And the ending for me is just amazing when it just it's just silent. Yeah. And I think that's the, the could have is ended in a perfect way and we don't know where he's going to go we don't know where he's going to do um we don't know anything but it's, the film is finished that's it life will go on and that's it so i really enjoyed it i would give it a five out of five five wow. out of five yeah yeah well you know I, I i enjoy these kind of you know human films yeah and uh, <laughs> i like human films um so yeah i liked it quite a lot i think it's a film that uh is depicting it's like a character study depicting uh this guy adjusting to a new way of living and a new Mm. sort of kind of position in life uh i think it's amazing i think that riz ahmed does does do such a fantastic job in this film of portraying that change and like you said the way it's shot chronologically means that there isn't like one specific scene where suddenly he's learned to accept it and live with it it kind of happens over the course of a few moments and a few scenes and suddenly you realize that you've seen him grow and change mm. and uh he's a different person and that feels so natural in the movie yeah which is um which is brilliant i think that's great and like you say the ending is brilliant um i love the way he just sort of takes those implants out and the the sound like the sound editing in this film is so good it's so clever at the start to show him making breakfast and and have all those sounds quite amplified on the film soundtrack and and then when he does it again and you aren't hearing them it really makes it kind of stand out and you kind of can really experience that from his perspective which is brilliant i think there were I think there are some slight issues around the portrayal of deafness from what I've read Mm. about it. Have you read any of this? No. So, like, to start early on, when the doctor tells him that cochlear implants aren't covered by insurance, that's not true. They're covered Mm. by most insurance companies in America. Okay. Um, Because they are considered a legitimate treatment for deafness if you see what i mean but has he got insurance though like i assume well that's the thing the movie never the movie never makes out never says whether or not he has insurance but just the film says that they're not covered by insurance yeah that's the stance the film takes and it's just inaccurate which is an odd thing to me because they could have made a point of you know like you say it could have they could have said 
they're covered by insurance. Oh, I don't have insurance, so I'd have to pay. Like, it, it, it's mm. odd that it takes that shortcut. But that's kind of not too bad. But then again, there's issues around it never... Like, hearing aids don't exist in the world of this film. It sort of seems to imply that it's either cochlear implants or nothing. Whereas many... It doesn't sort of even discuss the possibility of hearing aids. And yeah, then, but hasn't his hearing been damaged enough? That first time he goes, potentially not. But it could at least... It could have been t- tried as a treatment, surely. Is it that? Is it? Is it? Is it that bad? But then... I think mm. the thing that really I'm not sure about is that these the cochlear implants, apparently it does sound like that when you first turn them on, mm. but you kind of have to get trained and it takes months in how to use them and you can mm. acclimatise them. Um, and I read a I read a sort of a, I don't know how to describe it, a post somewhere from somewhere someone who has one in one ear but not in the other ear, mm. and it did take them ages to kind of train that ear to sound like the other ear, but they did get there. And I think there are many people who live yeah. with these implants and it seems to imply i guess the film takes a very specific stance on this idea that you should mm-hmm. live if you and i'm 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 a fully hearing able person i'm maybe not the person to mm. make this criticism but i was reading things like this online and it was just interesting some people had issues with um the, the stance it takes whereby oh you shouldn't mm. have any of this treatment and you should just learn to live with it and be part of that community mm. I didn't, I didn't and, see it that way though. I I like the thing is that it doesn't work. It will it will take time to get used to. And we all know that. I know because your you, your ears have to get used to the new implants. Your ear have to get used to even of other things in your ear. But and he had didn't have time because he had them four weeks time and then he switched them on and then he wanted to go to Paris. So we don't know what happens next. Like he'll yeah. get used to it. Uh, at th- but at that moment, it wasn't working out, and it wasn't. He was not thinking straight. But I saw it, in my opinion, more of a. You need to find, uh, and that's exactly a thing. I think that's what also um, uh, Joe, the guy at the at the shelter, that you you don't necessarily going to find happiness by looking at things outside. But try because these implants are not going to change your life into any better. You're still going to be deaf. Like, that's it. So I think, in my opinion, it was more like, you know, accept yourself. Accept that it's not a disability. Accept that you can do things for it. And then uh, you can do the implants. But the implants are not necessarily going to make your life any better. No, but I think the way the film portrays them is very much that they just that they don't work. I I guess, but you know it takes like I knew I for some reason I knew it took time for those implants because it has your brain has to get used to them. I don't know why I knew that. So I I I know that it would get it was gonna get better at some point with training. I don't know where I got it from, but I knew that, and so I just assumed that maybe after the film fin like you know in his life we don't know what's gonna happen. He's gonna start living with that. And no, we don't know what's going to happen, but it them. definitely feels like like when the doctor turns it on and he's he kind of doesn't isn't able to hear immediately. The doctor just seems to kind of go, oh well, you know, you just got to live. Like they don't say, oh, we'll come back, you know, once a week and we'll go through these different. Do you know? Like it does seem to just sort of go, ah, oh, well, it's not great, so live with it. Yeah, but it's not a major criticism. Like it doesn't make me dislike the film overall. Yeah. I just think that it's it could have slightly more nuance in how it portrays his mm. deafness 
Whereas that it does seem to kind of very much immediately take this take this thing of like, right, well, you're completely deaf and there's no point in trying to find a medical solution to it. You just have to live with it. But also I felt like the movie could have been 10 minutes shorter. So I probably, I don't know if I want to add anything to it. But I don't know. I'd, I'd, like you said, you give it five out of five. I think I gave it, let me check what I gave it on Letterboxd. Yeah, four. So I, I four out of five, which I think it is a brilliant film. Mm. But um got a couple of small issues with it. So, do you have any trivia to share? Uh, trivia. Trivia time. Uh, so, uh, well, we talked about Paul Racy not being um, deaf, but um, being, um, had his parents were deaf. Uh, and so he's, uh, you know, bilingual in English and ASL. Um... Oh, well, Riz Ahmed actually wore, in certain scenes, wore uh, noise-cancelling earplugs, but, like, actual auditory blockers. You know, you couldn't hear anything. Um, But did he end up taking those out, I think I read? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the cast were actually um, hired from the deaf community, which I think is really good. Yes, again, Mm -hmm. similar to Nomadland. Yeah. portraying that community they wanted to use you know let let people from that community be portrayed themselves which i think is good yeah uh the film is shot in chronological order uh which although you know which means that every you know the first shot is the first shot they shot and then the last shot is the last shot that's being shot so um Mm. uh that i thought that was really good um um adds to the growth uh, and then, yeah, Dakota Johnson was supposed to be the main actress, was supposed to play Lou, but I'm very glad that she didn't. Yeah. No, 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 you know, uh, nothing against Dakota Johnson. I just feel like Lou was so perfect that I couldn't imagine any other actress doing what she did. Yeah, she was, I think she does a really brilliant job in it. And uh, I'd forgotten that scene in that film, Thoroughbreds, so that really is a great film. Mm. Um, I watched I watched that twice in one day when I saw that for the first time. So, if anyone has watched Sound of Metal and would like some more Olivia Cook, a slightly lesser known film, uh, Thoroughbreds is worth checking out. And Anya Taylor Joy is uh, is great in it as well. Yeah, <coughs> and um, yeah, I think those are the the I think the most interesting trivia I found. Have you found any other trivia? Um, just that Riz Ahmed genuinely shaved his head for the film, which is oh, did he? interesting. Yeah, apparently that oh. was a real scene where he shaves his head. Oh, I, I, I really, I, you know, I know, I know not, not every film can be perfect, but I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good film. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I liked it a lot. Um, and definitely recommend it to watch. Oh yeah. If anyone's listening, it's on Amazon Prime Video in pretty much every country, I think. Uh, so if you have access to that, definitely give it a watch, check it out. It's uh, it's a good time. It's a good film. Yeah, and also the title. The title is deceiving, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know, because I think Sound of Metal could be metal, like the band, but also what they implanted to him. I think, you know. Yeah, what metal? It, like uh, copper, lead, aluminium where's the metal it's called sound of metal and there's no metal making sound in it it's ridiculous what it's like if you named a film about someone smelling and then they didn't smell at any point in the film it just doesn't make any sense it's stupid so actually one out of five for sound of metal (laughs) ah do you mean her smell oh goodness 
Well, that was a stupid film. That was a ridiculous film. No, no shade, no shade. I like not my cup of tea. If you want to watch her smell and enjoy, it, please enjoy it. There's no hate here, just <laughs> opinions. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, but I mean the sound of metal. The sound of metal could be sound of music, like the metal music, but also yeah. is the sound that he hears and is all this like clang, 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 clang. And then at the end, um, like the film starts with him playing the drums and being really intense, and the ending is him. There's the uh, the bell singing and that's the sound of metal as well and it's disturbing yeah yeah so you know I think you know it could be any sound of metal there's definitely sure. sound there's no smell silver gold you're an idiot <laughs> zinc zinc the sound of zinc <laughs> yeah it should have been called the sound of zinc yeah definitely but yeah definitely uh Got the film. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our second special deep dive episode on The Sound of Metal. Please let us know if you give it a watch and what you think about it. Yes, please. Give us a review. Thoughts. Yeah, give us a review. And um, we'll be back next week with another top five. Yes. And we'll also discuss um, our homework. I'll be discussing Roiksop and Alex will be discussing... The band I told her to listen to, which was, go on. It was. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember? No, I don't. Do you remember? No, but I remembered my band because I've listened to them. I listened to them too. What to breaks up? Yeah. <laughs> well, Misty's Big listen? Adventure. Misty's Big Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah great times can't wait to talk about it next week and what, what's our top five next week our top five for next week is going to be coming of age films yeah baby yeah i don't know why i'm saying uh, yeah because it's going to be hard to choose five but i'm excited it is going to be hard to choose five there's too many of those sort of yeah. american high school comedies uh but you know it's a but it's broad so there can be more uh, i can tell you right now the breakfast club is not going to be on my list because that movie is terrible so but I keep saying it's a terrible movie with an iconic ending. Everybody knows the song. Everybody knows the pose. Come on, oh, yeah. come on. Like, forever people will remember that film. Because of Judd Nelson at the end, put, flinging yeah. his fist into the air. Yeah. yeah. That bit's good. The, the, other, the preceding hour and 40 <laughs> minutes or whatever. Get, get out of here with you. Get out of here. Nonsense. Right. That's been wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Um, please return next week. Uh, I, l- I love you very much. Bye. Bye.